Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, uh, to BJJ Brick Podcast. Uh, today is episode 56. Uh, boy, uh, one year and four episodes later. Um, today we have an interview with uh, Shamako uh, from Girls and Geese. Uh, you don't want to miss that. And as always, I'm here uh, with Byron Jabara. How are you, Byron? Hey, man, I'm doing great. It was uh, good to talk to, to Shama about Girls and Geese and just, you know, whether you even if you're a guy, like she gives some great advice about training with women to, to help them and yourself, you know, get get better at jujitsu. Um, you know, not it's, it's not all just like this isn't a girls only episode, but there's she has a lot of great advice for women in particular. But it's, it was really fun talking with her, and she's a lot of fun. And that is awesome. There, so uh, stay tuned for for the uh, for our interview with with Shama. How you been doing, man? I've been doing great. Good. 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 We got. Uh, uh, I got a new movie that I've heard about's coming out, man. What movie is that? It, remember the old Jurassic Park movie? Oh, I love Jurassic Park. That was a great what was movie. What's your favorite part? You know, I just like the island. I like the concept of the island. I just thought it was so cool. You know what? What if they made a new movie? It wasn't about dinosaurs, but it was about grapplers on an island. That would be cool. Genetically modified. To, oh, to, kind of like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Grapplers Park. Yeah, Grapplers Park. That'd be awesome. So, uh, here's how that might be. I own a small island off the coast of Brazil. I have covered the entire island from coast to coast in mats. Welcome to Grappler's Park. We have collected DNA from all the top grapplers all over the world. That's kind of gross. We have made a living biological grappler so astounding that he will be able to submit anyone in the entire world. He will be the most phenomenal grappler of our time. Gary, this is going to be awesome. He has almost no neck. Use all technique. Grappling power is the most awesome force the world has ever seen, and you have unleashed it on our island. What move was that? Is that a knee reap? He refuses to take a shower. I know he has a ringworm. You know, grapplers, they will find a way to get the tap. The island is covered in dirty geese. He said we were going to roll lightly. And then he came at me like a wounded cougar. What do you mean the island doesn't have the internet? How am I going to watch YouTube? 
That's it. He just bit me. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure that will make uh, dozens of dollars at the box office. <laughs> and remember, if anybody takes that idea, Byron came up with it. Yeah. Uh, I've come up with many subpar ideas in my day. And that uh, that's one of them. That's a decent, that's uh, a very average idea I came up with right there. I would go see the movie. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Get the old sympathy uh, ticket sold to Gary there. Well, I would take my son with me, too. There so you there's go. two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we got here? We got a quote from A.J. Azaram. He was on the show last week, and he, he was able to give us this week's quote. So if you missed uh, last week's episode... First, listen to the quote, listen to this episode, and then go back and hear what AJ had to say last week. It was a lot of fun. Risk more than others think is safe. Care more than others think is wise. Um, you know, that kind of mentality. And it's not really a, you know, like a Gandhi quote or a, um, you know, like a, I don't know, those other mantras. It's, it's more kind of like a philosophy, like a, an open-minded kind of thing. Talking to you just now, I mean, that's kind of, I think that you hold that as kind of a philosophy and uh, you you compete a lot, you do absolute all the time, you're risking a lot and then you, you you know you care a lot for your your teammates and the people around you. I can tell that it's a good way to live. I appreciate it. And of course you're a skydiver, so I don't know how I don't know how actually risky that is, but it it, it feels risky. <laughs> it looks like it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's not you know, everybody says like it's so dangerous and there's guys that go out and big waves surf and it can easily you know, get really in big trouble, big waves surfing. Yeah, absolutely. So it was AJ Agazarm. Risk more than others think is safe. Care more than others think is wise. Words to live by, right there. Yeah. Uh, the first thing about the risk, you know, you've got to, you got to take some risk in life. You got to take chances. Yeah. Uh, if we just everybody just took the safe avenue, nobody would ever flown. Uh, Christopher Columbus would have never crossed the ocean blue in 1492. <laughs> so we've got to take some risks. Yep, and then care more than others think is wise. Like, yet again, on and off the mat, you know, care for your teammates, you know, care for the people in your life. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's worth, um, and that's part of the risk thing. You know, sometimes you care for people and you and try to help them out, and then you end up getting bid on that, and it yeah. didn't work out for you. But, it's, but that's part but of yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. you, you got to take some risk in life, and uh, that's... Uh, you know, a lot of times, like you said, there are risk. It won't work out. It won't have this ending that you wanted it to have. But that's where we learn. We learn from failures. We learn, you know, you've got to risk some stuff. We're going to fail along the way. It's never just a, a straight path up, you know, from the beginning to the end. There's always peaks and valleys. And uh, that's where we're going to learn. And uh, that's going to make the journey so much more rewarding. Yep. And, and very good. And like you said, at the end of it, care more than others think is wise. Like, care about the people that you're with and you're around at the in the end of the day that's the big deal like yeah. how you treat people is a big deal in life and then i'm also thinking of from jujitsu you know some people you know parents or spouse or friends think that uh you're spending too much time on jujitsu yeah but if that's you know if that's your life you you've got to go after your dream you know you've got to care more about it and some people may think you're 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 too involved in it, but hey, this is your life. This is your hobby. This is your passion. Yeah. This is what makes you tick. So, uh, you know, each person is unique. It's gotta, you got to have that balance. I mean, it's you do have to care with other people. Have it, you know, if people are giving you input in your life. If you're spending like, 
90 hours a week at jiu-jitsu and then and then one at home like yeah maybe that's they're saying that for a reason unless you're single <laughs> if you're single hey i'd be I'd maybe be maybe the out. one hour should be out looking <laughs> to not be you know find somebody right for you maybe yeah <laughs> but that's a that's a good quote uh gary the music is telling us that we've been waiting for our article of the week long enough and this week we have uh how to survive a training layoff and i know we've all uh had training layoffs so uh we want to know how to survive survive one um but uh as always uh, another great article by our friend uh stefan kesting from uh grapplers arts absolutely so there are a lot of different reasons why you could have a layoff and like he he talks about like this is a long journey it's not you have to be prepared that there will be times not maybe not this year maybe not even next year but sometime in the course that you're doing jujitsu, you're gonna have a layoff. That's a decent chunk of time, and I think I've been pretty fortunate to have an extremely long one. But you're gonna miss a week or yeah. two minimum. Like that's just that's life. Yeah. The guy like always well, says, uh, you know, mastering this art uh, is a marathon. It's not a short sprint. It's gonna it's gonna take forever. It's gonna take a long time. So uh, there are you're gonna have times where you're you're down and out. It's just uh, it's gonna happen. No ifs, ands, or buts. He quotes Dr. Seuss in this, and i got to read that because I like, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed Dr. Seuss. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly, it's true that bad bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You know, did you hear the Lorax got his brown belt? Yeah, I heard about that Lorax guy. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yep. He's got a brown belt. Yep. One fish, two fish, a blue blue belt, and a black belt. Yep. Something like that. So the, the first step he has in this article is uh, to not beat yourself up emotionally uh, when you're taking a temporary break from training. You know, like like we were saying before, it's just part of part of training. Like we're not, you know, like a sports event in in high, in school is a few months and it's over. Like taking a break in that is a lot rougher because it's if you miss a month, you've missed a, a, a huge section of, of yeah. what you were going through. But you're doing this for the long term. There's no seasons. Yeah, it's it's year round. It's uh, so. Do not don't beat yourself up. You know, just get try to do what you can to stay active and come back when when you're able to come back. Um, second point he gets and uh, he makes is, and I'm guilty of this one is uh, uh, getting back on the mats is not beating your body up too badly when you return to the mats. And basically, what uh, he's talking about there is when we come back, we go a little too hard. Uh, we we're used to you know being able to train hard before and you know our body is not in peak shape at this time and we come back and we ramp it up you know to 110 percent and then boy we get injured again and uh that's happened to me so uh come back slowly uh as we said earlier it's a it's not a sprint it's a marathon so come back slowly you don't want to get hurt when you just come back and then you can have more time out yeah or you could turn like a temporary injury into like a longer thing that you might be dealing with for who knows how long um Going on down the list here, um, the physical factors for staying sharp uh, during a long layoff. Uh, a lot of that is going to boil down to your cardio. You know, you've got to keep moving. You like uh, uh, Buddy Craig Kennedy said, the couch is nothing but a coffin. You know, so if you can't go to jujitsu, granted, jujitsu is fun. So I don't do jujitsu just for I don't do it for exercise at all. I, I mean, like I said before, yeah. I do it if there was no exercise involved. If it's if it's the same as as exercise as watching TV, I'm going to go do jujitsu still like that but it gives me exercise so i get that out of it but so when i'm home and i'm not able to go to jitsu i have to exercise i can't just do nothing i'm, I'm going to deteriorate rapidly 
So you've got to you've got to keep active. It's not going to be as fun. I mean, yeah. what else you can do that's as fun as jiu-jitsu? But you've got to you know try jogging a couple miles, get on your bike, you know, go lift some weights. Gary, run you know, with your dog. You run with your dog. Yeah. Get in a sword fight with the neighbor. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, man. Go larping at the park. All that. All that. It's all it's all good for your back. Yep. <laughs> Definitely good for you. So. Um, and the last uh, the last step is, uh, you know, definitely stay in the game mentally. And basically what he's talking about here is, you know, your your mind is is sharp. You know, as you're always, if you sit there and you think about jiu-jitsu, if it's in your head, if you're watching Metamoris, if you're watching YouTube videos or any of that, or even watching your own teammates practice, it's going to keep... Podcast. Listen, Listen to, to the BJJ Brick podcast. <laughs> Definitely, uh, that was probably my number one recommendation. But um, it'll keep your mind sharp. It'll keep you thinking about it. Um, your body can't go anywhere where the mind hasn't went. So uh, uh, keep that mind sharp too. Cool. And th- there is a ton of information on this article. Um, we just kind of, you know, like we always do. We can't. We're not going to read the entire article to you guys. You, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're we're here to tell you about the article, give you a little information about it, and. Uh, Grapplarge.com. We'll put a link to it in today's show notes so we can find it easily from there. But very good article, very informative, something that we have to deal with. And and yeah. I'll say at the end of it, like, if you got a buddy who's going through a long layoff, uh, don't write them off. And it's not like they're no longer your buddy. Like, if it's been, if they're out for, hey, I'm going to be out for a month. Two months is creeping up. Yeah. You know, give them a call give or a call. text or whatever or, you do. You know, keep, keep in touch with them. You know, uh, Invite them over to watch a UFC. Go to the movies. Go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Do do something. It's you know we, we develop uh, you know strong relationships and and it's easier to for a person on a layoff to come back if they have those strong relationships with their teammates. So uh, and you know we we want everybody to do this sport. We want everybody to enjoy it and have fun and keep training for training as long as they possibly can. Yeah, it's easy. I say it's easy, but we're used to it. But like. To, if you went last week, you know, on a Monday or Wednesday, whatever day, you're, you're going to go again next week. Like, it, it gets into your pattern, into what you do. But when you miss a month or two months or whatever, your pattern is broken, and sometimes other things fill that, and sometimes you just leave it open. And so you do need that call from a buddy. Hey, what's up? You're missing class. A lot of good stuff's going on, you know. Remember how fun it is, yeah. especially if they're new, and they haven't quite for sure taken that, gotten that jiu-jitsu bug yet, you know, like. And so, then, as a training partner, you got to go back to step two there also, just so you know you got to make sure that you yourself, the person who's just coming back from a layoff, doesn't ramp it up you know too too quickly and, and get injured. But you also have to remember as a training partner, hey, this guy he hasn't trained in a, in three or four months. He just got back, so don't start throwing heel hooks on or you know roll smoothly with him. Uh, it's uh, make it fun. Don't. Don't go crazy. Yeah. Let, him, let him get back in, uh, back into the groove. Let him at least get warmed up before you before you uh, uh, go choke him unconscious. <laughs> but anyway, it's all good times. Like we said, it'll be on the link to it. Will be on today's show notes. Gary, I think it's time for uh, Sean McCoe, Girls in Geese. Here we go with the article or with the interview. All right, my friends, I'd like to introduce to you Sean McCoe. She's the program director of Girls in Geese. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. It's an honor to have you on the show. We're excited to hear from you and, and, and learn about what Girls and Geese is and, and, and what that does for for the community of jiu-jitsu as a whole and, and it's specifically for the women that do jiu-jitsu and, and learn a little bit about yourself, too. So we're happy to have you on the show. 
Awesome. Thanks for having me. If somebody hasn't heard of you or Girls and Geese, can you kind of describe, tell us about both of them a little bit? Sure. Um, Girls and Geese is, we just actually just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Uh, we started here in Texas, and it's essentially what Girls and Geese is. It's a community. It's about all of us coming together, sharing our knowledge, providing a support support group if you would, for women in the sport, for beginning practitioners, providing training opportunities for women who have been training for a long time, who have a hard time finding someone, their strength, their size. We host free events, and that's how we channel this uh, and provide these opportunities for the community. Um, And we started in Texas, and we have since uh, expanded to Colorado and uh, the Midwest, which includes Oklahoma and Kansas so far. And we've, throughout 2014, we have been hosting special events, including Arizona, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and we have huge plans to bring this program to uh, as many communities as we can. Actually, to be honest, right now we are... But we have so much demand that we're having trouble meeting it. So 2015, moving forward, you should see us on a much more wider scale throughout the U.S. Cool. And what are these, uh, like when you go to one of these cities or communities and you do an event, what is that like? So um, the purpose of it is is it's, it's to promote the women that are already there, that have already been putting on the time, on the mats. Uh, Typically, you know, in a lot of these communities, the highest-ranking females in the state are purple belts. Now, as the sport is progressing and the art is progressing, you're finding more women are sticking with it to brown and now to black. And what we do is we, it's a combination of an open mat, it's a combination of a seminar, uh, we've done panel discussions with it, um, and we get these women that have been contributing to these communities already, and we bring them together from all the different affiliations, and we have them host this event together. We facilitate it. They're the ones that are actually running it. Um, and providing and sharing their knowledge with each other. And it creates a really neutral environment for females of all different lineages, all different academies to come together in a non-competitive, very unifying environment that promotes the open exchange of the different practices. I mean, jiu-jitsu it is so diverse, as you know, even just within one academy to the next. It could be yeah. two streets, you know, two blocks over, mm-hmm. but... What they're teaching is the same principle, but it's an it's an it's an evolving sport and an evolving art. So there are benefits for us to come together and learn from each other. You can take it, you can leave it, you can evolve off it, and it's a it's an amazing. We've had so much success in Texas that with these events, we just want to continually to um, continue to pass that on and and really unite the community that's already there. We're not trying to come in and say, oh, you know, these are our girls from Girls and Geese and we're going to teach you. It's about promoting what's already in these communities and unifying it. Now, as you expand uh, out of your your area there in Texas into these other states, are Mm -hmm. you personally, Shama, going to all the Girls and Geese or is that something that, okay, you are? 
Yeah, I am super hands-on. It's my baby. I've worked really hard to structure Girls and Geese. Um, I did not create it. I've taken it, uh, I've taken it and run with it for the past almost four years now. And I saw tremendous benefits in it. And I just brought my skills to it to really solidify the program so that it can be duplicated. So you are looking, it, it seems like that makes it a little bit more like you, you definitely control the quality of, of what goes on at a Girls and Geese event, but it does make it a little harder for, you to go to everywhere that you know like that's that's kind of what you're having to spread out like experiencing like tremendous growth but still mm-hmm. you have to go to, and you're it seems like you're a busy person anyway like you oh yeah going on. <laughs> i'm a jujitsu photographer i do weddings I and mean, photography is my is my bread and butter and i'm a practitioner and i've uh, hope to be returning to being a competitor seeing if that's some health things but uh I have a team of staff, girls that have been involved. Yeah. Uh, everybody's on a volunteer basis. We're not uh, for-profit. We're not a non-profit at the moment. Um, and what we do is we go and we train these people. So we have, a co- we have a Colorado chapter and we have a Midwest chapter. And women in the community that have come to us and said, you know, I really want to be involved. I really want to help. They have taken on roles as being a chapter captain, if you would, and they oversee their communities. Okay. And, then, you know, they kind of report back and say, hey, you know, and, and we're constantly taking feedback. It's, it's you know, as the sport, as the art is evolving, so do we. And so the feedback is probably the most valuable part of it all is, you know, getting feedback from the participants, from the hosts, from the academies. It's everybody working together that's really made this program successful. I'd like to get to know uh, you a little bit better. How long have you been training? Um, I am going on 13 years this year. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I started during a time where there was really no women at all. I mean, you were lucky. I mean, I see women, oh, I show up and there's no one there, you know, and, and... and even in the worlds, I mean, or the pans, you know, it was scant. It was it was few and far between. You'd be lucky if you went to the worlds and got like one or two matches. Um, but it's definitely changed. Uh, it, it's it's really beautiful that I got to get involved in it when I did because yeah. I've seen so much growth in that time. Where, where do you train at, and and what what rank are you in? Um, I train at Gracie and Mike to Austin in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, and I'm a brown belt. I actually just got my brown belt. I've had a lot of setbacks over the years with uh, injuries yeah. and such. So it's been a, it's been an adventure, <laughs> a lot of learning lessons. But uh, I'm, you know, happy to be where I'm at right yeah. now. Well, congratulations on your brown belt. That's really cool. Thank you. And you're definitely. I mean, there's more to jujitsu than just. I mean, especially for someone like you, than just showing up and training, like you're doing so much mm-hmm. more for the community as a whole than just, so like, even as if you do have, do get injured, I imagine you're still busy with the sport and, and, and oh, yeah. well, that's yeah. honestly, that's what really propelled my involvement with girls and geese is that, you know, this, as you know, and, and anybody who's been touched by jujitsu, it becomes a way of life for you. And when you get the strings pulled from you and you can't train anymore, it's really hard to to keep involved. And 
and you almost get this sense of detachment. And it's not necessarily there, but, you know, you, you go, oh, I'm not training. I don't feel like I'm a part of my team. Or I don't feel like I'm part of the community. Um, but because it was such a huge part of my life, Girls and Geese and, and evolving my photography company, Mean Street Photography, it's only dedicated to MMA and photography and jiu-jitsu photography. That's what allowed me to to actually take my role in the community and go a lot further than I had ever before as just a competitor or a practitioner. And, you know, when you're not training, you all of a sudden have all this free time <laughs> that you don't know what to do with. Yeah. So um, I, I found a mean, lots of means to fill it. And by the time I actually got all my surgeries and was back, it was really hard for me to, to you know, get back into the groove of it because so much of my time had been devoted to girls uh, and geese and, and maintaining my business. So how many events do you do a year? Would you guess? Um, Texas, we do once a month. So okay. there's 12 there. Colorado, we do uh, about every six to eight weeks. So, oh gosh, I think I did the math earlier this year. And between all the special events and all the events in Oklahoma and Colorado, I think we were close to like 12, uh, 30 something I'm thinking which yeah this year's been this year we blew it up if you would we took it to a a whole different level um, because we were kind of easing it in in 2013 we went up to Colorado and and um, that was the first one and we had a hundred hundred and four girls register and then being from Honolulu and living in Texas. I'm not used to blizzards. And of course, I realized very quickly that February is not a good month in Colorado. <laughs> and lo and behold, a blizzard hit, but we still had 30 girls show up. So we decided, okay, we got to come back, you know, and we came back and, and we were in the 90s or so for our second special event or a makeup event, if you would. Um, and then same thing with Oklahoma. We went out there. We had about 90-plus girls, and, and 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 that's about normal for special events. Um, we actually officially just beat our uh, – uh, yeah, I used to be competitors, so now my competition is with myself. Like, how many girls can we get? How many people can we spread the word to? And uh, proud to say – broke our own record of a hundred uh, with 140 almost 140 girls at our five wow. year anniversary here in Texas so it felt really good to to see so many girls to see what started with 15 girls at the very first event evolve over the past five years into this huge production um, and just see so many smiling faces and, and just the connection and you know these, these girls you know normally wouldn't you know, only time they'd meet was in competition, and it's a it's a scary experience. You yeah. know, it's not always the most conducive to be making friends, but it's changed that as well because now I see them, and just like the little girls, you know, I see them sitting there talking before their matches and laughing and having a good time, and then they call up their names, and the same two girls that were talking, and it's like, all right, it's go time. You guys are going against <laughs> each other. And they go, and they go crazy. They, they put it all on the line, and they give it all they got, and then they give each other a hug and sit back down, and they're having that same conversation, laughing, wow. having a good time. And, and it, it's, it's, it's 
that's what makes it so rewarding for me is to see that connection and to see that, you know, we don't, we can be competitive with each other in a very healthy, productive way without having to tear each other down. That is cool. It, it, it sounds like a really good community you've uh, grown in the area there. Um, can you think back when you started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? Um, what, what was the reason why you walked through the door and, and tried your first class? Um, I was very fortunate. I had a lot of people pushing me. Um, I kick myself now uh, for not starting earlier, but, you know, when I was 16, I had some friends, and they would go and train at Health and Gracie's in Honolulu, and I used to drop them off and be like, peace, see you later. And <laughs> that, that was their thing, you know? It was just, it was not something that interested me at all. And then when I finally moved to Texas, um, I uh, I started doing Muay Thai because I was hanging out with a bunch of Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai and MMA fighters, but I didn't know how to do it. And like I said, it was their thing. It wasn't my thing. And uh, they were like, well, you need to defend yourself. And I was like, why? I got all of you. And they're like, well, we're not going to be there all the time for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, good point. All right. So they got me into Muay Thai, which was less intimidating, I think, because there was the whole personal space issue. Yeah. Um, I got bored with Muay Thai. You know, after three years, I was like, well, I like it. It's fun. It's great cardio, but I don't want to be competitive with this. And I don't I really like getting punched in the face. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the same group of friends, it uh, was actually like, kind of like my family or was my family. Uh, one of my instructor, my Muay Thai, or the what soon to became my jiu-jitsu instructor and was actually my ex-brother-in-law, um, his girlfriend started teaching a women's class. And he was always trying to get me because he would come home and he'd be like, oh, check out this new move. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And we kind of play, I was a tomboy, so I'd play wrestle, but I had no idea what I was doing. And so when his girlfriend started a women's class, I was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, well, come, come support me. I was like, all right, you're my girl. I'll come, I'll come support you. And, and for me being in an all women's class was what made it stick and what really allowed me to relax and let go and not feel embarrassed. And yeah, I think any, a lot of people have this where they don't want to try something because they're embarrassed they're going to get, be bad at it. Well, everybody's bad at it when you first start it. <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody's like walks onto the mat and woo, they got black belt skills. It doesn't happen. Um, but being in that very nurturing, very you know welcoming environment is what allowed me to take my first steps, and then it allowed me to transition into the co-ed classes. And at that point, I you know I mean I was still getting my but handed to me in classes, but I was like, this is a challenge. And, and it really peaks my, or, you know, taps into my personality because I love a challenge. And yeah, it's embarrassing when you suck at first, but once you start getting your, your a little bit of a grip, like a grasp of the concept, you're like, oh, I can do this. And I was lucky because I had women who were already purple belts that were helping me along the way. And I think that's probably why it, stand behind girls and geese so much is because we get a lot of girls that have never tried jujitsu who would never in a million years try jujitsu but because they had a friend of a friend or a boyfriend or a husband or a uh, somebody in their life that you know said hey try this out 
they felt comfortable enough, even walking into a room of 100 plus women, to try it. And that's kind of where I got my start. So that's why I'm very passionate about what I do, because if not for having the women in my life at that time that held my hand, as well as all the guys that were supporting me, I probably wouldn't have ever tried it. Do you remember a time when you felt like you got hooked on jujitsu when it, when it was like more of something that you were trying and it changed to something that you really liked doing and you wanted to keep it in your life? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think jujitsu, I think for a lot of people, it's like, you know, people are, Oh, I'm a jujitsu addict or I'm hooked or whatnot. Um, I think there's that feeling of excitement, especially when it starts to kind of click. Yeah. You kind of start to see that, you know, there are definitely hard, really hard days, even, you know, now doing it as long as I have, there still are hard days where I'm like, oh, my body's not working and my brain's not working together. And But uh, like I said, I think it's it's once you get that little grasp of, okay, I can do this or, you know, uh, just the challenge of it all. I think that's what, what really kind of gets a lot of people hooked on it is that it's not something, it's not like the Matrix where he downloads jujitsu. It's <laughs> a constant challenge, you know, yeah. and it's constantly rewarding, too, because once you overcome those obstacles, uh, it, it, it's one of the most rewarding things in the world, you know. I, I yeah. kind of see it like, you know, there's plateaus. It's like, you know, you're going up, you're, you're like, oh, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, and then you get like a plateau, and you're like, wow. I'm not getting it. <laughs> and then, whoop, there you go up to the next level, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, looking back to what you just said a little bit ago about your um, – somebody told you to, to come support me, and that got you in the door to try jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like that's a a really interesting way to get to, – to break that barrier of if someone like, you should come try it. You know, like you'll like it. You'll have fun. And, mm-hmm. and then you could look at ah, it doesn't look like fun to me. Come support me. Come help me out. I would like to bring a friend to this seminar. You know, mm-hmm. come over here with me. That you know, we'll train together during this thing. That's like a, mm-hmm. a huge door opener, I think, for for people who not not who aren't like a little bit nervous about it. They don't even have the interest of it at the beginning. But but yeah, I like to help mm-hmm. friends. I'll do this to help you. And then you get them yeah. in. And then next thing you know, they're running an organization called Girls and Keys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be a, a good tool for anybody in the world who's who's trying to sm- start like a small uh, group of women together to train. Like, if you tell your friend, "Hey, I'm, we're training jujitsu on on Friday, and it's just women." Thanks for the mm-hmm. invite. But if hey, come and help me. You know, I got, there's going to be like two people that show up. I want I want you to be the third. You know, this will be really fun. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I think that's a lot better of a tool to to get the get the club going. Oh yeah. 
absolutely. Because, like I said, especially for women, you know, guys grow up and you're wrestling with your buddies and your brothers. And, you know, there's tomboys like me that, you know, yeah, I, I like to wrestle around and play fight and whatnot. But it's a totally different thing when you walk into a classroom full of a bunch of people. Some of them have been doing it forever, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's embarrassing, you know? It, it, that's your pride, honestly, is what that is, you know? But you just gotta, you gotta get over it somehow, whatever the factors may be. In my case, it was supporting a friend. Cool. Yeah, I think that would be a, a common for most people. Can you think back uh, from the time before you started with, with girls and geese, like you're just a regular student, you know, Sean McCoy going to class and training, and now um, you're you're running girls and geese. What have you learned since you started running girls and geese about jujitsu that that you didn't know before? Oh gosh, that was so long. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I just I'm trying to think what the are you are you surprised by the by the community? Are you are are you surprised by the women that are interested in doing it or so there's so that's huge numbers um. i don't think thinking back to when i first started to you know maybe up until you know maybe the first three four years of starting you know in the you know maybe like 2005 2006 or so i don't think i ever would have guessed that it would be blowing up even just as a whole yeah um but as it is as it is now, but if you really think about it, I mean, think about how much company lives have been changed by jujitsu. It does, you know, it shouldn't surprise us because it is such a, an amazing tool to be able to, you know, teach you life lessons um, and how to. Uh, I mean, so much of what you learn on the mat can be applied to the rest of your life, your career, your family your just outlook on life um, and dealing with the challenges that face us uh, just in living and being human. But uh, no, I don't think I ever would have thought it would be this big. But I guess the biggest thing that I realized is that, you know, I mean, I started jujitsu during a time where, you know, there was like maybe two academies in Austin. Yeah. And now we have like 22 or 25. <laughs> Um, and it was very isolated then. And you'll still find this mentality in a lot of academies, and there's nothing wrong with it. But I think they they isolate themselves off because, you know, there's my jiu-jitsu is the best jiu-jitsu. This is all you need. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I found once I started, you know, training with, you know, going to girls and geese and interacting with girls from totally different lineages totally different affiliations was that we are all promoting the same exact thing regardless of what patches on your back regardless of whose face Kilo or Carlson or whoever's you're bowing to in at each class we're all promoting the same thing and it's jujitsu and that's the bottom line and that is the most common similarity that all of us have and that's really what, you know, with girls and geese, we're not a fill. I'm, I'm from Gracie Yamaita, Austin. I have Lana Hunter who helps out. She's from a totally different affiliation than I have. 
Millie up in Colorado, and she's from Easton. And so we all come together from all these different affiliations, and Girls and Geese has no affiliation, nothing at all. And but by coming together, we really are growing the sport in a much more, and, and art, in a, in a much more broad spectrum or mainstream than it is if you're just going and saying, hey, come train at my academy. Academy is the best academy in Austin, you know. Um, and I think that, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but the most important thing, like I said, is just that we are all promoting the same thing, and you should be super proud of that patch on your back, and you should be super respectful to your instructor and super proud of the lineage that you follow. But don't forget that we're all in this together. Yeah. Well said. I, I agree. Yeah, you know, it's it's talk. not it's not you know it's the gym down the street. You know, if you would have started there instead of started the other gym, same. Like the people are all they're nice everywhere you go. Like mm-hmm. you know, a few bad apples around, but like people who do jujitsu are generally nice people and they have fun and oh, they yeah. they roll the same. They're not you know real mm-hmm. tight about things. It's, I mean, it's a fun like like you're saying to 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 you run an organization that has everybody come from other organiz- other affiliations and they all get along and they have a good time. Mm-hmm. So, and I, they learn from each other and they grow from each other. Yeah. That's cool. Now, if somebody goes to a, a girls in geese event, um, you don't allow any men. Is, is that correct? We try to limit it as much as possible. Okay. Um, but, it's hard because a lot of these, a lot of the advocates for getting women in jujitsu are the men in their lives, the fathers, the boyfriends, oh, okay. the husbands. Um, so you know, we're pretty flexible when it comes to parents. Yeah, because we understand. You know, I mean, you have a little kid, and dad, mom couldn't bring it, bring you know their daughter to. Girls and geese, and dad was the one who's always there at her practice, always there supporting uh. her. So, how can you say no to that? <laughs> so, so, we've gotten a lot more, you know, understanding, and we kind yeah. of do it on a case by case basis. Like, okay, mom can't, mom absolutely can't. And the reason, another reason that we kind of limit it like that is because we want these women, these other women in their lives, to look at it and go, I can do this. Hey, look, there's a 45-year-old woman. I'm 45 years old. Wow, she's doing it. Wow, she's a white belt. She just started. I can do that. So that's where the whole concept kind of comes in, that we really try to advocate for the moms to come in, or the sisters or the aunts or the other women. But if that's not possible, then we're not going to say, no, you can't come in. Yeah, that's cool. So if if a guy has a a young daughter that's been doing jiu-jitsu, it would, and he goes too, and and his, the mom does not. It would be mm-hmm. prefer if the mom shows up with the daughter and, and takes the, does the girls and geese with her. But if that's not possible, you're yeah. just happy to have and it. Exactly, and that, and like I said, we don't. We are not going to turn people away. That's why you know we don't charge anything at the door because I don't want financial aspect. I don't want financial limitations to prevent you from participating. Just like if. No one else can take her, then that's fine. So shoot me an email. Say, hey, this is the circumstances. So that way we know. Yeah. You know? 
and there's a communication going on and you understand. We're not trying to segregate the women from the men or the girl, you know, the females from the males. That's not the purpose. We're trying to bring everybody together. We're trying to respect the comfort level of our participants as well because sometimes you get women in there who have been victims of sexual assault or domestic violence and they're really timid and this is the only way to get them in there and having a captive audience is not you know not not is something that would make them feel uneasy so like ultimately we try to limit the spectatorship to a minimal period yeah because if you're trying something new and you're already uncomfortable and you already have a lot of things going on that you have uh, body issues, whether it be from abuse or whatnot, we want everyone to feel comfortable. So having a captive audience, regardless of what the situation is, sometimes it does make And it's about participation. It's not like a tournament or a seminar. You know, you don't go to uh, you don't go to a Hickson seminar and say, hey, I'm not going to pay. I'm just going to sit here and watch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's the same kind of concept, you know, that we, we have. But, I mean, if you're interested in jiu-jitsu and you're, you know, maybe not ready to take that first step, then, yeah, we want you to come in and check it out and see if it's something. And you'll see that there, especially as it grows, um, I mean, the huge there's a huge surplus of mothers that are coming in. And these aren't like your young 20-some mothers. I mean, these are mothers who are in their 40s, 50s, you know, who are coming in because they've been sitting on the sideline watching their kids train for the yeah. past couple of years. And they go, and then all of a sudden they see a woman, whether it be the instructor for the kids' class, and they go, wow, I can be her. Wow, I can do this. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, it's... Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent again. But that that's why we we really try to limit spectatorship, but we try to encourage it, too, if it's something that you want to try, but you're just not ready to do yet. At a Girls and Geese event, what percent of the women there would you say is their first time on the mat, on average? Um, uh, First-timers? Yeah. Is there quite a few? It's quite a few. It really is. Um, at our special events, you know, at our monthly events, we average about 40 to 50 participants. At our special events, you know, you get closer to 90 to 100. Um, at the at the Texas special, or the Texas regular events in uh, Oklahoma and Colorado, the ones that we have monthly or every six to eight weeks, those, excuse me, those ones you probably have maybe anywhere from five to ten girls who've never tried it before. Special events, you get a little bit higher, you know, maybe closer to ten to fifteen. Cool. And those are just people bringing in friends or family members? Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Or husbands who've been training forever, boyfriends, whatever, and say, hey, I want you to try jiu-jitsu. Hey, here's girls and geese. Go try it. Or fathers, you know, who have daughters who, you know, maybe have been bullied and, you know, they're very timid and they can walk in and they can see other little girls because we have all ages, all skill levels. When we have girls as young as three years old, on up since your 60s or 70s. So, um, it really is something for everybody, and they can walk in and go, oh, that person looks like me, or that person's my age, or that person's my size, or that person's been bullied before, too. And and it's great. I mean, the success stories, it's just amazing yeah. um, how many stories we I, 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 I could talk forever if I talked about every case that we <laughs> have. 
jujitsu, I think in general, has a pretty high turnover for your first few months of training. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of rough. It's 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 different. The physical contact and it's, you know, a lot of people just try it to see what it's like. But um, what would you like? Some people you could tell are going to love jujitsu. You know, even the first few days there, you could, okay, this person's in. Can you think of any like traits or or personality things that you would see in a girl that would make you believe that she's going to stick with it? It's harder because they're. I mean, to say that there's just one trait. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had I have a teammate actually. I remember when she first started, and she's just a big goofball, <laughs> huge sweetheart. And yeah. Just loves to play and loves to goof around, and I was like, this girl's not going to make it. You know, like she likes it; it's fun, but you know, eventually she's going to get bored and find something else. And man, she surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the next thing I know, I mean, now she's competing, competing at top levels. She structured her whole life around competition. She's still a big goofball. I love her. Um, but I remember I actually asked her recently, I said, you know, well, I, I know something clicks for you. And what was it? And she said, well, it was after my first competition. And I went and I saw the other girls and I said, I want to be like them. And that's when she all of a sudden realized, you know, I got to take this serious if I'm going to be like them. If I'm going to be a serious competitor, I got to train like a serious competitor so and then you get the girls you know who you know they're adrenaline junkies already they're skydivers they're (laughs) surfers they're snowboarders and and oh these girls are going to stick with it and sometimes they surprise you too because they go my god this isn't really my thing you know yeah but um i i think there's i don't know if there's a specific trait um necessarily but I think it's just for women, especially. It's real. I think the thing that that makes them stick is that they can find their strength in jujitsu. Ah, okay. And once they see that strength, they go, "This is my tool. This is my this is my way to tap into it." And then you can see how it affects the whole rest of their life. They walk taller. They got more confidence. You know, they have they're more assertive about them their needs and. It really changes them, but cool. I think if they're able to find that strength, that's really what keeps them with it. Do you have any advice for somebody, um, a woman who goes to like a girls' and Easy event and has like a blast? Okay, uh, this was a lot of fun, and now mm-hmm. you know the event's over, and you know looking at Monday coming around, mm-hmm. there's no women that train where she trains. Like what? What advice would you have for something like that? So they're already training. Well, they, no, they just they did their first girls and gays. It was a, it was new. It was fun, and they're interested mm-hmm. in jiu-jitsu. But where they train, they're the only female. They, I mean, this this would be like day two at the gym, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the best part about girls and gays is that it's a network. It's a community. So. We do events once a month in Texas, but as you know, Texas is like its own country, basically. (laughs) And we rotate all throughout the whole state. So there may not be a girls and geese in Houston, but three times a year. So what the girls are doing now is they're inviting each other into their academy, saying, hey, I want to do open mat. Let's come roll. And what 
you'll see like you know in the girls and geese group or those they make friends yeah you know and they they just say hey i want you to come train with me and it's really cool now because like every time there's a big competition all the competitor girls they'll they'll say they will travel throughout the whole state and go hey you know i'm gonna go up to dallas and go train with all the dallas girls and let's go to houston and train with all the houston girls and let's go to austin so it's created this opportunity for them to open up this dialogue to be able to support each other and for like the girls who are walking in who have never trained jujitsu and they come to a girls and geese event they go wow i really like this well they make friends yeah and now they have girls that can say hey come check out my academy you know and so they're not walking in blindly to an academy they know somebody there they know that so-and-so is going to be there on that date and that's the day that they want to go and try it so it's 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 extended way beyond just the events the events are just the way for us to all come together for all of us to support because for the monthly events it's hosted at a different academy in a different city by a different female so everybody gets an opportunity to host and and share their knowledge with each other and network and and you know, further and, and perpetuate what is going on just on that once a month event on a weekly level, daily level, whatever. I mean, in Austin right now, there's a whole bunch of girls that are getting ready for the master world. And I can't, there's always like, Hey, come train over at, some, at my academy. Okay. Well, going over there. And, you know, a lot of them have really encouraged their own instructors and their own academies to open the doors now to allow women to come train on these special days where they don't have to pay a mat fee to help, you know, all of them get ready for a competition or all of them learn. Or if there's been, you know, Leticia Rivero comes in for a seminar, we'll get together after and be like, oh, let's, let's go over what she taught us, you know, and... It doesn't matter whose match we're on; we're still helping each other. You know. Yeah, it's almost like if if you're new to the community and you go to the girls and geese event or any seminar, really, you're going to learn a lot of techniques and things like that. But almost more important than that is you're going to meet some people, get some phone numbers, and make some friends. Like mm-hmm. that's what's going to help mm-hmm. get you going on in the in the long run. Exactly, and that's the whole point of it. You know, I mean, there's there's so there's so many little aspects, and the more I do this, the more I see it. But it's the girls that are bringing the different. You know, they're the ones that are evolving it off, and and take we you know, Ashley Ashley when Nguyen was the one that started it, and her purpose was to have more girls to train with. And looking at where we are now, dang, we did that. <laughs> you know, we're. <laughs> There's tons. That we yeah. got. I mean, we got so many brown belts and so many black belts now. Women that are sticking with it and supporting, and now they have their own women's teams, and now they're teaching in their own academies. And that's another thing that Girls and Geese offers too. Is you know, some of these girls they may have never taught before. Yeah. But once they host a Girls and Geese, their academy recognizes now. Oh. Hey, so and so can teach. Why don't we have her teach a women's only class once a week or once a month? And so it's provided them an opportunity for that too. Or seminars. Now they're getting flown out places or asked, you know, getting paid to actually share their knowledge. So it's, it's it, the opportunities are just amazing and they're endless with this and they just continue to be uh, evolving and, and growing just like the sport is and just like as in how it is, you know, growing for women in the sport on a worldwide level. Yeah. 
can you think of something that a, a, a gym that doesn't have a women's uh, group together yet, or or maybe even any women that train there, something that that gym could do to make it more friendly? In, in, in Absolutely, open? I think the I think the trick is to I think I actually had a friend message me today asking me the same exact yeah. question, saying, "Hey, I want to start a women's program. What should I do?" Bottom line, start a women's introductory class only for women. That's how you're going to get them in the door. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not intimidating. It's It, it says mm-hmm. right there, introductory you know, program. You know, that's not scary. And Mm-mm. women's only, you get you know, get rid of all the guys that, that are in there too. You know, that sounds like mm-hmm. a good idea. Exactly. And that is the most basic, simple thing that you can do to start the process. And once you have the process in place, then you can integrate them into the co-ed classes, and then you can actually, you know, and then jujitsu will take hold of them. If it's what they're supposed to be doing, it will take hold of them. They will, like I said, find that strength, and then once they find that strength, they're going to just, they're going to be hooked. They're going to want to keep doing it, and they're going to then, you know, want to take on leadership roles with it the more that they do it, whether it be teaching or helping or whatnot with the classes so but that that is the most basic thing that i guess the most simple advice that i can offer is start a women's only introductory class and get the women that are already in your academy involved by helping because these women need to see that there are already women there and if not that's fine but just by having that class, by having that little bit of a gateway, just to get them in the door, just to get them comfortable, that's gonna that's gonna allow you to grow it into whatever you want it to be. Cool, and I, you know, I, the leadership role, I, I think, really, any it's more a personality thing. Like anybody could have a leadership oh, yeah. role in in a, in a social setting, but you know, if you walk in and there's thirty guys and one one female there, and then mm-hmm. another one shows up. I don't care if it's her third day at the gym. She has like a, a leadership role in the eyes of the other uh, woman mm-hmm. that, that, that's there to like to help her out, to, to show her around, to teach her a few things. You know, she may not know anything about jiu-jitsu still, but she could, inter- you know, introduce herself and be friendly and, and start that. Uh, oh yeah, just by being there is a leadership role for a lot of these women. They want to know, you know, they want to know. Okay, I'm not the only one here. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just by being there and being friendly and being welcoming. And, and most women you'll find who are already in the academy, they want more women training because they want, they're tired of being bulldozed by the guys. They want somebody their size. They want somebody, you know, maybe not their skill level yet, but somebody, having somebody your size, I mean, is, is huge. And there's a lot of small guys, yeah. you know, for women that work out. Not all women are small, but, you know, for the smaller women in my case, you know, I rolled with all the kids, all the, all the preteens. They were my best partners before I had a whole bunch of women to train yeah. with. What, what would you uh, say to a guy who wants to be a good training partner? What advice would you give to him? It's a, it's a hard balance because you don't want to, you don't want to just bulldoze somebody so they can't do their training and they can't do their technique but at the same time you don't want to just make it so easy and I think it's the same thing you would with any other guy be respectful yeah be courteous you know 
allow, you know, don't just try and use strengths. Really try to utilize your technique. And, and I think maybe it's a good exercise for guys to, to lean back a little bit on their strength, especially if it's a new, newer person, you know, who maybe doesn't do, you know, any kind of other supplemental workouts who isn't, you know, as strong as they could be yet. Um, but to really dial in and see if your technique's working. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're rolling with other guys, you are utilizing that strength. But if you're rolling with somebody who's smaller, just like if you would for a, a teenager or a kid, you know, you're not going to just yeah. go and go go crazy with it. But it's a good opportunity to see if your technique's working because women are fast. Yeah. You know, they're fast. And once they start getting that, te- and, and they're more technical because they have to be. Because strength doesn't always work. Absolutely, I, I, mean, I we have a, a few women at our gym that that are really fun to roll with, and and I don't even think about like dialing it back. I just like um, the pace of the, of our roll. You know, like mm-hmm. like, I, like no, you know, I'm not gonna, but I don't. I'm not going to get side control and hold them there for three minutes, but I don't do it with anybody. Like that's not how mm-hmm. that's not fun to roll that way. Lots of good mm-hmm. transitions, lots of you know, lots of good movement, and it's you know, I guess hopefully I'm not too rough on anybody or whatever. But I, you know, oftentimes I feel like they're too rough on me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like oh man, she's got my neck and this is killing me. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think rolling with women is is not that much different than rolling with men. Yeah, just to not know? make a big I deal mean, out of it. Jiu-jitsu is not jujitsu is not so much about strength. It's about leverage. It's about pressure. You know, and if you're executing the uh, the technique correctly, you don't have to exert all this strong yeah. energy. You know, smash kind of mentality. It can. I mean, look look at all the top level black belts. You know. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot. There's a lot of of, of women. That compete that are easy to look up to and and to to watch what they do. Oh yeah, for sure. What would be a good goal for a student their first year? Being patient is a big one. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's something I think you struggle with your whole jujitsu career. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely something I have. Yeah. Um, You mean being patient with uh, your own development, or being patient with? Just being patient in general, you know, I think, and yeah, and development and and everything, but, you know, it's not, this is not something that is going to come easy. This is something that is going to take time and just, you know, just love what you're doing. Enjoy it. Yeah. Once you stop enjoying it, then it's just, what's the point? You know, that none of us are getting paid the big bucks for doing jujitsu. You know, it's it's not, especially in your first two years, you're not making a career. This isn't a career for you yet. Yeah. So just enjoy doing it and enjoy learning and be open to learning and, and really try not to get frustrated with yourself or with where you are at. And, and you know, for me personally, I just, you know, belt, belts are, we live in this instant gratification society where we got to get reassurance that we're evolving, but know that, you know, sometimes there are not these objects, which in our case is belts, that are are showing those milestones. There's a lot of milestones that are have no kind of object that represents it in jiu-jitsu. Um, 
highest, you know, don't go chasing after belts yeah. because it doesn't, it's not going to do you any good, you know, if you're just getting handed belts and, and you don't know how to defend yourself, you know, or it, it's, it's pointless, you know. So yeah. I think just be patient with yourself and and move at the realize that you know we all learn differently and we all move at different paces and just have fun with it because that's ultimately the whole point of it. Yeah, and and like you're saying about the belts, like there's a lot of other milestones that are important as well. Like I, I bet you wouldn't trade like a picture of 140 girls at a girls and geese events for anything. Like that's that's an amazing yeah. event that that was ultimately, you know, like the community came together and put that together. That's, that's, I don't know what that's worth, but it's, I mean, you wouldn't trade that for anything. I would imagine. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, experience of being there. Absolutely not. We do, you know, like I said, we do all of this on a volunteer basis. All of it is, you know, donated time and, and energy. And, and what keeps me going is when I see all those smiles and when I see all uh, everybody laughing with each other and then I, you know, I, I see how much it impacts everything. And then, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. I mean, a million dollars would be nice, but I don't think it would compare <laughs> yeah. to, like, yeah. to, to how it makes, how much of an impact it's making. Yeah, and it's hard to even tell down the future. Like, somebody impacted you 13 years ago and got you into Jiu-Jitsu, like, like there's there's girls that are doing jujitsu at right now for the first time with you guys that who knows what they're gonna be doing in ten, fifteen years, you know, it's the impact oh, yeah. is bigger than it seems I originally. They, I hope they will, but you know, maybe not. But at least they tried it. Yeah. So you know uh, just giving you a hypothetical situation, like if you bump into let's say your a girls and geese event is just you know, like an hour away, like mm-hmm. not distance but time wise. Like you know, you're at the city you, you know, mm-hmm. you go to the store and and you and you bump into a girl that's like, you know, what is girls and geese? I don't, you know, I've never done anything like that before. Um, how would you like sell her that event in in like a minute, like just a quick conversation? Would you tell her in a minute? Just you know, I mean, like just a casual conversation with a stranger, like trying to describe, like should I, you know, trying to get her to come to the event? Um, oh gosh, you'd think I'd be better at pitching it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just, you know, gosh, it, it depends on how the conversation's brought up, but, yeah. um, ultimately, I, I guess that's way I could say it is that this is somebody who's never done jujitsu before, yeah. doesn't know what it is kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, basically just like give somebody something to say to their friend or their family member who's never even thought about doing it. Like, not like a long discussion, but just like a quick, you know, here, here's, here's why why I'm doing it. Here's why I think you would like it. Um, you know, I, I would like it if you would come to the event, like something like that. I gotcha. Um, most common conversation that I have is, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends that don't do jujitsu and sometimes, you know, they'll have a friend of a friend that, you know, you know, I mean, a lot of my friends respect what I do, even if they don't even do jujitsu because they know how much of an impact it's having. And there's definitely been friends of theirs who are like, Oh, tell me about what it is. And, um, basically the biggest, 
what I tell a lot of them is that, you know, Girls and Geese is it's a group of women that come together to empower each other through jiu-jitsu. And we do a combination of sport jiu-jitsu as well as self-defense. And it's a really positive group of women that are there to support each other. And you'll make amazing friends while you're there and you'll learn something. You know, maybe you'll learn a little bit. You know, I don't, I don't advertise that you're going to be efficient at self-defense by coming to one event, but at least you kind of have a little bit of an idea of what jujitsu can offer you. Um, and it's probably one of the most welcoming environments that you'll find, especially for someone who's never trained before, and one of the most less intimidating, should I say, environments that you'll find for someone like yourself who's never tried it before and you know what what can it hurt yeah take a take a few hours and come see it if you try it and you don't like it that's great you know because we all we all have a tool in life that helps to enrich ourselves and jujitsu just happens to be mine that i share with a lot of other people but you're never going to figure out what that tool is unless you try well said. That was a good pitch. <laughs> I think if, if people say something similar to that, you know, to somebody who's interested or, or doesn't really know about juice, what's mm-hmm. it going to hurt to come try it one time and see if they like it? They might love yeah, it. Yeah, try it. You know, try it. If you try it and you don't like it, I'm not going to hold you accountable. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of friends that have come and tried it and they're like, nah, it's not thing. Oh, yeah, that's cool. We can still hang out. You're still my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to hold it against you. At least you tried. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, how would somebody get a hold of you or uh, Girls and Geese if they'd like to get in, t- in touch with you guys? Um, you can find us on our website. It's uh, girls-in-geese.com. Uh, you can also feel free to email me anytime if you have questions at girlsandgeese at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash girlsandgeese. And uh, we also have a group, so if you're a woman or a girl, um, it's predom- the group's predominantly saved just for the women, but our page is open to everybody. But there's also a group that you can find and go ahead and add your, or, you know, add yourself to it and we'll put you in the group and it's a really great way to ask questions you know about competition or anything you want um in a very supportive uh uh, sorry a very supportive group just for women so but the page is great there's a lot of information we do a lot of promotion of jiu-jitsu health wellness everything all jiu-jitsu related and women related so cool any any sponsors that you guys have we have a lot of sponsors. Um, we predominantly have sponsors that we work with for our events. Gosh, we've had, you know, the, we are working on a program now where we'll have ongoing sponsors moving forward throughout 2015, but we have had tremendous support from a number of different uh, companies ongoing. Um, you know, different kimonos is a big one. Uh, we've Century Martial Arts is another big one that's been supporting us for a while now. Um, Phallix, uh, there's a, I mean, there's a bunch of different that we, we kind of, we pick them up on a, on a, on a event by event basis. Okay. But like I said, moving forward, we will have solid ongoing sponsors. And a lot of these companies, you know, War Tribe, they have been, uh, you know, just helping us along the way, not really asking for anything, but just getting the word out and supporting us. Cool. 
That's always good to see. And you said uh, your photo is called Mean Streak Photos, or how, Mean, how Street, get... Mean Streak Pics or Mean okay. Streak Photography? Yeah. Is there a website yeah. there for that? Yeah, mymeanstreak.com. Okay, cool. So where you can go find your Mean Streak on my page. Well, sounds good. Well, thank you. Appreciate you coming on here and talking with us today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. All right. All right, my friends, that was Shama Ko. It was great to have her on here. Um, she's got a she's got a big mission in jiu-jitsu, and it's really cool that, to see her champion uh, women getting on the mat there and, and, and be a, a great source for them. Feel free to reach out and, and try to contact her, you know, on Facebook, or she gave her email out as well. Um, and, you know, go like her Facebook page and, and keep an eye out for uh, the Girls and Geese, uh, what do they call them, seminars for, free you know just free seminars to to get uh, people acclimated and, and learn a little bit about jiu-jitsu absolutely way to, uh, get people on the mats yeah if you're anywhere near one or a lot of people travel pretty far to go to those i yeah. mean they're a pretty big deal i know they had one here in wichita kansas and it was uh, very well attended and i heard a lot of great things about it yeah that was cool if you'd like to receive the podcast uh, notification by email we do have an email form that you could put your well, you can put your email address in there, and we'll send you send you something every week and tell you what the show is about. You get a link to the to the uh, to the download as well. It's pretty easy. Gary, we do have a review this week. Reviews are always good. But before we do the review, uh, let's do that little. Uh, I'm kind of sad that we didn't get any like funny reviews. So uh, we'll cue the sad music and play that. Uh, yeah, let's get the SPCA going. Gary, this is uh, every week, man. Every week we, we try to get a funny review to read and, and to bring on the show and share with everybody. Yeah, and it, it just hasn't been happening. I mean, it's it's kind of sad. It is sad. You know, we, nothing nothing makes us more happy when we get something that's, that's funny written by one of the listeners. And, and you know, they make fun of us. They yeah. do sometimes. It, it's good to make fun of us yeah. sometimes. One guy thought that we were a podcast about brick making. Yeah, and another guy talked about, you know, the, the brick and microphone choke. Yeah. And one review talked about us as man dancers, dancing with other sweaty men, and interviewing even more sweaty men. But that, but you know, it's sad. But they're hard on us, and that's yeah. good for us to, to, to have jokes about us. Another person said we sounded like a guy on Family Guy. <laughs> so how could they help us, Gary? You know, just less than ten minutes out of their life. One time. One time. And you know what they're going to get in return for that? They're going to get a patch mailed to them, a BJJ brick patch. That they can wear on their gi. Yeah, or sew it to a t-shirt. We don't care. Yeah, or just carry it. <laughs> Put it in your wallet and if somebody asks for your ID, they'll see it and they'll know how cool you are. Yeah, I mean, sew it to your forehead. But we're just, help this little podcast here. We like our funny reviews. We do like any five-star review, obviously. But but take the time 
take take the heart. Yeah, like we said, just less than ten minutes of your life. And make fun of us. Yeah. Make make it funny. Yeah. Don't we'll read it online. Yeah. And I mean we take these to heart. Like we can't figure out which one of us sounds like the guy in Family Guy, but we've been trying not to sound like him. <laughs> Giggity. Yeah. Giggity Carrie. So please, just please take less than 10 minutes and give us a review. It's and that, make fun of us. Yeah. And in return, we will send you out the patch. But after you send that, make that review, copy it, paste it to bgjbreak at gmail.com and let us know that you made the review and then uh, we'll be able to send it to the right person. Because we want to make sure our product gets in the hands of the right person. Yeah, we don't want any of the uh, non-reviewers, the ones that don't tease us, to be to be aware. Yeah, not everybody can get teased, but we want to be. Yeah. So, please, please, we beg you. Alright guys, if you didn't really know what that was about, that's uh, kind of a spoof on the sad commercials that were the, were the animal shelters looking for some help. And do support them as well. Yeah. <laughs> we are both dog lovers or animal lovers. So um, <clears throat> Anyway, uh, we do have a review. It's not a funny review, but it's nice. It, um, the review is called Real and Honest. And he says that the podcast is very honest and insightful. He's a white belt, and he could say that, that Gary and Byron... Uh, are very insightful and, and helpful on the show. His favorite episode, Bernardo Faria, which is that's a great episode. Um, if you have not caught that one, go back in time and download that puppy. It would be episode 49. So when you're saying go back in time, do you mean when they have to time travel? Well, they just actually figuratively, kind of. They'll be listening to us in the past. It's pretty amazing. This isn't a live deal. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this whole time, 50 some episodes, and I finally realized it. 56 episodes. And it's recorded. Man, I Man. learn something new every day. <laughs> but we do appreciate any five star reviews. Uh, so thank you for that one. And it means Even a lot. four and a half star reviews. Yeah. I mean, anything positive. And if you're going to be critical, be constructive or be funny with it, yeah. and uh, we'll take it a little better. <laughs> No, we 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 like to hear everything. Yeah. If you have any uh uh questions, concerns or or anything we could do better or even if you, your instructor uh might want to be on this show, you know, send us an email to uh, bjjbrick at gmail.com. Absolutely. We do have a Facebook page as well, and that's another good way to contact us. Just message us on there, like the page and, and we'll post a th- something every now and yeah. then. Kind of- or you can give Byron a call directly at 8675309. Oh, classic. That's funny. Um, let's see what else we got Gary. If you're near the Wichita area, we would love to train with you guys. Um, give us like we said, email, get a hold of us somehow and uh, we'll try to hook up some training time with you. And uh, and as always, you know, thanks for listening. Share this with your friends, coworkers, sweethearts. 
and animal lovers, SPCA members. Yep, and friends on the mat. Yep, definitely. And don't forget to catch Grappler's Island. <laughs> Grappler's in, Park, I'm sorry. In, in theaters soon. Next week, guys, uh, Sean McCove's given us the quote of the week, and it's, it's their uh, one of their main things that they go by, so it's cool. Yep, and uh, who's our interview next week? Caprito. Definitely. You don't want to miss that one. Yes. Legend. Yep. So... So tune in next week, my friends. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.